Welcome to the OKC First podcast. Together, we're learning to do three things. Friendship with God. Friendship with one another. And open friendship for the sake of the world. For more information about OKC First, please visit OKCFirst.com. Today's scripture comes from Mark chapter 4, verses 26 through 34. He also said, The kingdom of God is as if someone would scatter seed on the ground and would sleep and rise night and day, and the seed would sprout and grow. He does not know how. The earth, the earth produces of itself first the stalk, then the head, then the full grain in the head. But when the gripe is right, grain is ripe, at once he goes in with his stick, sickle because the harvest has come. He also said, with what can we compare the kingdom of God, or what parable will we use for it? It is like a mustard seed, which, when sown upon the ground, it is the smallest of all the seeds on earth. Yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes the greatest of all shrubs and puts forth large branches so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. When many such parables, he spoke the word to them. As they were able to hear it, he did not speak to them except in parables, but he explained everything in private to his disciples. This is the word of the Lord. God. Thank you so much, Zoe, for reading scripture with us this morning on this very special Kids Sunday. What a day it has been already. Pastor Lisa, I think we also need to get a chance as a congregation, even though we did it at the close, to say thank you to you for all that you do and the passion that you have to sow the word of God into our kids. And so I'll just, everyone, give a round of applause to Pastor Lisa Sanders. We love you. And it's not just Lisa. She's sitting down next to Doug. It's her whole extended family and all of you as a church family. One thing I wanted to highlight even before we begin for our scripture this morning was how fun it was to see all of our congregations involved in Vacation Bible School this year. We had kids and volunteers from Impact Community Church. We had kids and volunteers from Cornerstone Church. We had kids and volunteers from United Myanmar Baptist Church. We had kids and volunteers from our Word and Table congregation and from OKC First Church. So all of the congregations that make OKC First Church home were a part of this week. How about a round of applause for that? Awesome job. Lisa, thank you. And I'm looking forward to sharing the word of the Lord from you this morning as we continue a sermon series called Revolutionary. Pastor John just started last week. And I'm just going to read this first verse that we started with. Well, kind of in the end. With, so, with many such parables, he, Jesus, spoke the word to them as they were able to hear it. He did not speak to them except in parables, and he explained everything in private to his disciples. And so this morning we have these two little parables, but first I want to talk to you a little bit about storytelling. 
You see, we all are found and formed and find ourselves in a story-formed universe. And there's one particular story-formed universe that I'm going to talk about this morning that will allow us to understand the Scripture story-formed universe, and that is the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Oh, you can give a round of applause for you Marvel fans. How many of you, just just for my own help, how many of you have heard of MCU, Marvel Cinematic Universe? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Okay. You know what this universe is. I do not. I have no idea what's happening. You guys, I, because I did not want to be left out of just the cultural conversation, I decided to go to the movies and watch uh, Avengers Infinity War, and then I went and watched Avengers Endgame. I had not seen, not even knowing, there's lots of other stories that make up these two stories at the end. Did you guys know this? There are so many movies that you have to watch to understand the end. I finished this movie at midnight. I immediately called my friend Michael Palmer on the West Coast because I knew he'd be awake because it's, you know, like 10 o'clock. And I said, you got to help me out here, Michael. The end of this movie is crazy. People are coming from all directions to help. The good guys are going to win, but there's sacrifice and there's incredible stories. But all of a sudden, you have these people flying in to help, and I have no idea who they are. (laughs) There was this woman in red, this red outfit. She comes flying in, and I'm like, who's that? And then, you guys, the funniest part to me of all, this raccoon comes. This raccoon comes, and I'm like, what happened with this moment? Because they have made a terrible mistake if Raccoon Man has come to save the day. <laughs> I, you guys, and so i just so lost. And then, and then and the most terrible cinematic move, personally, I mean, I'm not involved in it. There were these two men having this very intimate conversation. Maybe one was in black and white, one was in color. It was like, he died on a different timeline, and I just, uh, I was like, who are these men, and why is this important? Because, you guys, I hadn't seen the other movies. I'd come in at the end, and I didn't know the movies that made up the universe. And so, I went online, because I've seen some of you on social media tell me that you're going to spend the 67 hours to watch all the movies in the Marvel movie viewing order. You've gone online and you've decided, okay, I'm going to watch these movies in this order because the end of the story is going to matter more to you if you know all the stories that make up the big giant story. It's a story-formed universe, and so is Scripture. And so, you guys, there's people who argue about the order of how, when you should watch these movies. I mean, there's the BBC version, and then there's this version, and the AMC version, and there's all of these ways that you sort of go through this MCU, this Marvel Cinematic Universe. And so I decided to give myself a little bit to this to kind of help you guys in case you, like me, were not into the MCU, didn't know what it was all about. So apparently it starts all the way back in 1943, and then you have Captain Marvel, who I refer to as, uh, what's that? The The woman in red. Yes, she seemed very important. But at first, I was going to call her Marvel Wonder Woman, but then I realized you'd get mad at me if I called her Marvel Wonder Woman, because apparently there's this whole other universe over here that does nothing to do with this universe over here. And you got to be able to keep your story straight. 
So this is not Marvel Wonder Woman. As much as you want to call her Marvel Wonder Woman, Jason, you cannot call her Marvel Wonder Woman. She is the woman in red, Captain Marvel. You've got a couple of Iron Mans over here, and then you go to the Green Angry Man, then you go to Thor, then you've got Iron Man again. You've got the same guy again. Then A-Man comes back again. A-Man is like, amen, so I hope he's my favorite. And then again, 2014 was a bad year, I got to say. All of a sudden, Raccoon Man and Alien Woman comes into the story. I'm going to just zoom past them. You can probably skip those movies. Then you've got Ant-Man. You've got an argument. You've got Mustache Man, famous, of course, made by Grandpa Griffith. And then you've got, I know Spider-Man. I love Black Panther. Looks like Thor cut his hair in 2017. Um, And then you've got Ant-Man and the Wasp. You guys, this really took some sideways moves until you get to Avengers Endgame. Whew, I need to take a breath, you guys, because there is something about this universe that you've given yourself to, those who are big fans of the MCU. It's story-formed. To know the end of the story, you have to go back and you've got to watch all the movies. You've got to know the moves. You've got to know the beats. You've got to know the language. You've got to know how it's put together in order to understand the fullness of the story. So when you finish the story, you're not lost like me and having to call friends and say, who is the red flying woman and why is she so important? And again, I probably need to go back and watch it, but that raccoon man still just like, what happened with raccoon man? His name is Rocket? Rocket. Rocket the, Rocket the raccoon man. Okay, I got it. I got, I, got to, I got to go back and watch some more movies. I got to go back and watch some more movies. So I want you to keep in mind this story-formed universe, this scripture-formed universe, as we look through a few parables found in Mark 4 in an idea of Pastor John's sermon series called Revolutionary. As we look at these two or three parables, in order for us to really learn about what's happening, I'm going to go back and I'm going to tell you about some of the movies that you need to watch before you watch this one. And so there's a couple of parables, and And Jesus comes teaching, and he says, the kingdom of God is as if someone. Or, with what can we compare the kingdom of God, or what parable will we use for it? In this particular sermon, we've got a parable of spontaneous growth, and we've got a parable of the mustard seed. I'm not going to take a long time talking about these two movies, because they are important. But to understand these two movies, we've got to know some movies that come beforehand. We got to know the context to be able to understand why these stories matter. So, why are these revolutionary? We're going to get to that later. But you guys, there's a parable that comes before the parable of the mustard seed and the period of the spontaneous growth called the parable of the sower. We can't understand the parable of the sower. We can't understand the parable of the spontaneous seed, and we certainly can't understand the parable of the mustard without first understanding the parable of the sower. And it comes right before this. So let me go back and watch a little bit of this movie for you, because in Mark 1, Jesus begins to teach, the, teach all of the crowds. And at the end of this, that last sentence, Jesus begins to teach them many things in parables. In his teaching, he said to them this, listen, a sower went out to sow. You can't understand spontaneous seeds, and you certainly can't understand mustard seeds without understanding the one who sowed the seed. A sower goes out to sow. 
I'm going to take a little bit to talk about this movie before we can understand this movie and then this movie and then the end of the movie. But here's this short little parable. As the sower sows, some seed fell on the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Other seed fell on rocky ground, where it did not have much soil, and it sprang up quickly, since it had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched, and since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. Other seed fell into good soil and brought forth grain, growing up and increasing and yielding thirty and sixty and a hundredfold. And he said, Jesus says, let anyone with ears to hear listen. And he uses this parable. And then later he describes to his disciples about what's going on. There are four types of soil. Seed that falls on the path, rocky parts, thorns, and good soil. No doubt someone who knows just this portion of the parable might say to you, be the good soil. That's what we are tempted to do when we are in the Scripture-formed universe. We find the to-do list. We find the, okay, go be good soil. And you probably have heard that message. And it's a good message and interpreted, not incorrectly, but you can read this parable and you can preach out and say, be good soil. I'm convinced if we've watched all the movies in order for us to understand this parable, the parable of spontaneous seed, the parable of the mustard seed, but the whole story-formed universe of Scripture, we would understand most of all the context of what the sower is like. Mark 4.14 says, the sower sows the Word. We're going to look not at you. We're not going to look at the rocky soil. We're not going to look at the soil that's full of thorns. We're not going to look at the soil that is thorny. We are going to fix our eyes on the person who sows the seed. In Mark 4, 3, we hear this. Listen, a sower went out to sow. An efficient sower is not going to throw seed on rocky paths, on thorny paths, on places with thorns. An efficient farmer is going to prepare his universe for good seed so it's all good soil. Not this sower. This sower recklessly throws seeds everywhere. It's revolutionary. Yes, it's revolutionary. The, sower, the, the text and the message of the spontaneous seed, you can't control the seed. You don't know what the kingdom of God is like. Yes, it's revolutionary. The parable of the mustard seed, yes, so revolutionary. Something small can become great and big, and it can become, can take up your whole farm. It can be, as Dr. Tashton helped me to read, a nasty bush, a nasty weed that takes over your whole farm. You can't control the kingdom. You don't know what it's going to look like. God's at work, not you, and smallness matters, not greatness. But guess what? All of that doesn't matter without knowing all the movies. This is the greatest movie, the movie of the sower. The sower sows the seed everywhere. Okay, Doug, stand up. You've got an OU shirt. Katie's wearing her OU dress. She's got two degrees from OU. I know some of you are big OU fans. Me, not so much. <laughs> what has happened to me in 20 years that I am preaching about the um, Marvel Cinematic Universe and the University of Oklahoma? I am John Middendorf's stand-in for sure. By the way, our senior pastor is just texting me this morning. He's down with family in Texas. He says, tell my church I love him. So John loves you. 
but how weird that I've turned into John after 20 years. I'm preaching about the University of Oklahoma, and I'm preaching about Marvel. So let's get back to the sower. The seal of the University of Oklahoma is this seal. And that sower is supposed to be representative of OU's first president, David Ross Boyd. David Ross Boyd took his first year of his salary. He took half of his salary. He bought, planted, and watered the trees that you still see now on the University of Oklahoma campus when it was just barren. And the seal talks about education where I'm a teacher's. How can we spread the seed of education to give hope and future for the world? And on the University of Oklahoma campus, you have the beautiful seed sower statue. How many of you have seen that? How many of you have gone down to OU and seen that? I think I've got someone who's going to be an O freshman at OU coming up. I think I saw earlier today. Look at that. Look how beautiful that sower statue is. I love when the flowers turn and you've got some of these fall colors and, and you've got the seed store. My favorite seed store statue is not the one on the campus of OU and Norman. My favorite seed store statue is one I go to all the time. It's the downtown on the campus of University of Oklahoma's medical center and medical school. Did you know there was a second one? How many of you have seen this one down at OU? Oh, a lot of you did. A lot of you have. The seed sower is part of who you are as Oklahomans. You've seen this statue. Perhaps you didn't know the story of John Ross David who spent half of his salary to purchase, plant, and water the trees of education that has changed the world and and so many of you. As we move back to that movie of the sower. Oh, Berkeley, can I have that? You've got a sower who sees the universe and he doesn't just look for the good soil. He looks for all the soil. The word is for all of you. And so he takes his word. He throws his word to everybody. Aubrey. He just starts throwing his word. You, don't, you, want some, you want some word? How about back here? Hey, Fabio kids. Hey, Defob. He just starts throwing his, throwing his word. He doesn't look if you're perfect. Guess what? There's a little message in this about who we have. Oh, go grab, actually, go grab that one. Go grab that one. My kids want some too. Even pastor kids get a little bit of word. Because here's the message. The message of this parable is not to be good soil. Because you guys, Miles started off our whole service with this. God's love is my, is God's mind about you is made up, and the news is good. God doesn't love you because you're good soil. God loves you because he is the good sower. God doesn't go and say, oh, you're perfect for the kingdom? Here's some good seed. What does God do? He doesn't look to make sure you're exactly perfect before he sows his seed, before he sows his word, before he says you're ready for it. God comes and gives his word as a gift to all of you. Do you think you're rocky soil? Do you think you're thorny soil? Do you think you've got one growing here? Uh, Because God, 
just takes his word and he throws it everywhere because this is the hope and the promise and the revolution of the gospel that God takes his word and he sows it everywhere because he's the good sower. Again, I'm gonna say it in two different ways. God does not love you because you are good. God loves you because he is good. God does not love you because you're good soil. God loves you because he is the good sower. That is the revolutionary message of the promises of the seeds found in Mark 4. God doesn't till the land and only come to you because you, when you're just right. You do not have to be good soil to come to the kingdom of God because the kingdom of God cannot be controlled. The kingdom of God is always gonna be about surprises. You can't have the kingdom of God come and just be this perfect thing. No, it's gonna be full of all sorts of trials and tribulations. But guess what? God is ready for that and God is ready for you. This is the message we find in Mark 4. The kingdom of God and the love of God is for everyone. Amen. Yeah, sure. Okay, our last move is going to come before you, Christ. But there's three different invitations this morning. The first invitation is this. If you've come this morning and you see yourself as rocky soil, soil on a path, or thorny soil, and you've said, the kingdom of God is not for me, or if you said, you know what, I've screwed up, I've messed up, I messed up this morning. You don't know what my life is like. I'm not ready to be loved by God because I'm not good soil. This is the good news of the gospel. Jesus is calling you to be part of his life and to be part of his kingdom, no matter what. Here's the second calling. You don't think that God's going to leave you right there, do you? This is also our call and our proclamation. Be like the good sower. Be like the revolutionary sower and share your love and your word, the word of God, the story-formed scripture universe with everyone. You don't have to wait until that neighbor looks just right. You don't have to wait until that coworker is not an enemy of yours. Because guess what? There's a bunch of movies on this side of the stage that tell us that the sower goes out to sow. What about the movie of Jonah? Have you seen that one? Did you happen to see the story this week where the guy got swallowed by the humpback whale? <laughs> oh my goodness. Boy, that's a miss on my part. Not to put that slide up there right now on the screen. Guy gets swallowed by a whale. Have you seen that one? What does that one say? That one says that God's going to sow his word even to the enemies in Nineveh. What a good movie. Did you miss that one? Hey, the very first movie, the Captain America, the one in 1943, that very first movie, let's consider that movie our Genesis 12 movie. The Genesis 12 movie that says, I am going to bless you to make you a blessing to all the people of the world. You, you can't understand the sower passage without over here understanding first that at the very beginning, the very vision of God is that the, this gospel, this word, this gift of God to the world is for everyone. And then the Israelites forget. And they come to Jonah and say, yes, even for your enemies. And then we come over here to Mark 4. And if you just take small sections of scriptures as little movies without understanding the whole, you can get to a parable and you can just say, be good soil. It's not just directed to be good soil. It's about the sower that says, my love is for you no matter what. It's for everyone. And now it's your job to carry God's world to everyone. So go sow the word of God. To go sow the word of God. Before we get to Eucharist, I have a, 
It's not selfish because this is for you. But for the last seven years now, I've taught a class that goes through the history of all the movies. It goes, it's that 60-hour Marvel Cinematic Universe from beginning to end. Well, we go through it, and it's called Disciple. And I want to invite you to it. It's going to be on Wednesday nights starting in September. We're going to be in person. We're going to be right over here. And I get the privilege of taking you through all of the movies, all of them. I get to take you through the mission so you can be able to fully understand that last scene of that last movie, and so it makes so much sense. If you were in Disciple with me this year, could you please stand up? We were over Zoom this year, and we had an incredible year together. I'm so glad so many of you were a part of my life this year in Zoom, and you can sit down. I'm going to tell a story about Ben and Sonia Best, though. Sorry, guys. Ben and Sonia were at VBS. We were only on Zoom all year, and they were sitting in the back, and I didn't recognize them because I had, they had their masks on, and I had my mask on, and all of a sudden, this man came up to me and said, hey, I need to introduce myself to you. I'm Ben Best, and he pulled on his mask, and I was like, my friend, my best friend, Ben? I gave him a huge hug. I hadn't seen him. I didn't know what he looked like except right from here to here. You know, it was just, but somehow God, somehow God. If you have been in Disciple at all these last 10 years, could you please stand up? you've gone through Disciple at least once these last 10 years. Oh, you guys, all my best friends. Take it again. I can't wait to have you for round two because some of you, when you've watched the end of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, you say, now that I know the end of the story, I'm going to do it again because I can understand it now better than I could understand it the first time because I know how the story ends. So at some point when we get to the announcements, I want you to send an email to you. If God in your heart right now is saying, you know what, Jason, I don't know the stories as well as I would like, and I'd like to have the opportunity this year to travel together with a group of learners to learn about all the stories, to gather them up, and to understand the fullness of the cinematic universe of the Holy Scriptures. Come join me this fall, because I think it'll revolutionize your life, because the story is about a revolution of the kingdom of God, a kingdom of love that is for everyone. And it is a challenge for you this morning to receive that love in Eucharist. And then when this story being firmly planted and grown within you, giving you the grace and courage to go and to spread that word to everyone. So I have some helpers now who are going to be ready to pass out the Eucharist if you did not quite get it when you walked in. Thanks, RB. Thanks, Larry. Thanks, Kristen. And I think I need one. I think I need one too if I'm going to lead you in these moments. Here's what's revolutionary about this moment. What's revolutionary about that this moment is that in our Wesleyan tradition, we believe that in an open table. Thanks, Mark. And that open table means that if you know that you need God, you get to enter into the story-formed moment of Eucharist that has been formed all the way from Exodus through exile, celebrated in Easter and coming to us in this kingdom moment now. It's for everyone. If you know that you need God, you are invited to this table. And this is kind of a little goofy, to be honest. If you were a guest this morning with us from from, we are usually do a, a way called intinction that's a little bit different. Because of COVID and some of the precautions that we're taking, we're not going to be sharing that cup for a little bit. So there's kind of a little trivial way. I don't like that it's 
hard to get to because I want the table to be easy to get to. So if you want to prepare your elements by pulling off this little cellophane wrapper and getting this not so good tasting wafer, you can prepare yourself for that. And then I want you to be careful. Some of you are wearing red, good choice. Some of you are wearing purple, better choice. But if you want to pull your, pull your back, your, your cup, if you pull it away from you, just like I ask my kids when they open up their fruit cups at home, to pull it away from you so it doesn't squirt on you, you can kind of get ready for this moment. I want to be hospitable to our friends who are watching online. I hope that you've come by the church at some point to gather some of these if you're watching online. And if you would like someone like me to come and drop some by your house, I can do that. But we also want to make sure you can make do with what you have right now around your home. I've seen my little girls pick up some rich crackers and some water when I, we forgot at home. Don't tell John uh, that we picked up some just different elements. I think the best element is that which looks like and resembles the very body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is the exact imprint of God's own being. What does the sower look like? Sower looks like Jesus. What does Jesus look like? Jesus looks like the very presence of the holy Yahweh, the very presence of the holy God. And so this is for you. And this might be a moment of salvation for you. This might be a moment when you say yes to Jesus. I know, Pastor Lisa, we had all sorts of kids this week coming down and fill these altars and talk to their sponsors saying yes to Jesus. Pastor Zach and Pastor Avarilla were at church camp this week and we had some children, some teens say yes to Jesus for the first time. This might be your yes to Jesus for the first time or for the 10th time or for the 100th time or for the 1,000th time to say yes to Jesus. And so this is gift for us, taken, blessed, broken and given body of Christ for us, the people of God. That after we are given this gift, we can be taken, blessed, broken and given servants of God for the world. So on the night he was betrayed, Jesus took bread and he broke it and he, he gave it to his disciples. He, he, he was able to talk about this as a whole new covenant. Before we do that, let me pray to bless these moments for all of us. And so God, we believe you've gathered us in these moments. You've called us to receive your love and grace and be transformed by it. So bless these elements, God, and transform them into the very means of grace for our transformation and ability for us to receive your love. Amen. So take, break, and eat, and partake in the gift of God for the people of God. On that same night, he took his cup and redefined that as a new covenant of his blood for the remission of sins and gave it to his disciples and saying, take, drink in remembrance of me. So body of Christ, let's drink together. Would you continue in prayer with me? And so Jesus, we gather and we say we love you and we say yes to you. And so God, regardless of where we stand in our relationship with you this morning, whether we think that we're soil that's not good enough for you, God, it's my prayer and my hope that we would allow ourselves to run into relationship with you, to participate in your kingdom. Knowing that God, the message of love is a revolutionary message for me. 
And God, it's also my prayer that today that you would give us the courage to to love everyone and to spread your love and your word to everyone, even our enemies, our opposites, and our irritants. Before Pastor Lisa comes to pray for our kids and pray the Lord's Prayer, I just want to ask God in these moments of intercession that you would pray with me as well. And Jesus, it's so many folks we could pray for, but as I look out and see RB, I know the church is praying for Frida Human, who's been in the hospital this week, spent some time in the ICU, has this rare strain of flu, and God, together as a church body, we pray along with me in these words that you would heal our friend, Frida Human. God, we also ask that you would be so close to Angela Adams as she's gone into the hospital to prepare for her body for this bone marrow transplant to fight her cancer. So God, would you heal Angela and be so close to her now? God, we also ask for your healing of Dennis Bratcher and the cancer he faces in the future of chemo. Would you come alongside of he and Robin? God, there's so many more things to pray for, but I want Pastor Lisa to pray for our kids as we close out some of these moments of our VBS week. Dear Lord Jesus, Heavenly Father, we are so thankful for our kids. What a gift and blessing they are to us. How you use them, Lord, to transform us as we receive their love and as we love them. Lord Jesus, thank you for your word and how it nourishes us. And again, how your love and your grace transform us. Lord, we pray that our children will sense the presence of your love and your love will be deeply rooted in their heart and that they will allow that love to so grow in them that they share it with all that they come in contact with. And Lord, that's how you work. You nourish us and grow us and then you send us out to be the sowers that that place seed all over the world with all that we come in contact with and it spreads and it grows. Lord Jesus, I thank you for this week of Vacation Bible School. I pray, Lord, that the workers that volunteered, that they received a blessing as they participated. I thank you for the children who came and had their hearts and ears and minds open to receive the good word that you shared with them this week. And Lord Jesus, we give you all the praise and all the glory. And now, church, will you say the Lord's Prayer with me as Jesus taught his disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.